What's happening, everybody? Zach here with the Zach Shanky Podcast. Um, all right, <laughs> society's pissing me off, guys. This is messed up. There's, there's just so. Oh, I just see it so much. There's so many things now. So many excuses to take people away, or to take people out of, of you know, responsibility, or, or out of extreme ownership, which is really a, a principle that I. I attempt to live by, I strive to live by every day. There are things, obviously, that I'm not perfect. I do things wrong. The biggest difference, though, and and I feel like this is a big reason for the success that I've had so far and and the success that I will continue to have is because when things go wrong, I don't try to point the finger somewhere else, especially not somewhere undefined. And I'll, I'll talk about that in a minute. But I don't like to point the finger somewhere else. Instead, I like to point the finger at me and say, what could I have done better? What part is my responsibility? It's not all my fault, but there's I do hold a certain amount of responsibility in the scenario, in the situation, right? So, like, that's the part that I'm trying to identify or that I, that I, I do identify when I'm aware of what I'm doing. Sometimes, you know, just because society and the way people are raised up and stuff it's hard to recognize that you're you're not looking at what you can be responsible for and instead you're pointing the blame at other things or other people and the the part that i wanted to touch on here today is is there there are so many parts okay so here's here's where the whole thing got triggered right if you will i can get triggered so here's here's what happened so i was watching a youtube video from uh, Mr. Beast. If you don't know who Mr. Beast is and you're interested in business at all, you better get familiar with him because he's one of the greatest marketing business minds out there. Just brilliant dude. Um, anyway, whatever. So enough about... <laughs> but I was watching one of his videos and he basically does these random, weird, kind of silly contests in order to make a lot of money. In this case, the amount of money at stake was $500,000. He had two teams in a box, a, a big ginormous box. Um, one team was adults and the other team was those adults' children. Okay, so it was the kids. Adults versus the kids. Parents versus their kids, okay? And, um, the, you know, throughout the throughout the contest, basically at the end of 100 hours, um, the box with the most people in it wins $500,000 divided among whoever is left, Okay. And which is great. And the adults end up winning. And sorry, spoiler alert. The adults win. And there was 49 adults left. So basically 50 adults. So each one basically got um, whatever that comes out to $10,000 or something like that, um, which is cool. Hey, fantastic. Okay. Um, here's the part that bugged the crap out of me is during one during the, the thing after the first night in the morning, um, the kids were like basically begging for a delicious breakfast instead of the crappy oatmeal they always serve and they were they were asking for like some kind of delicious like breakfast or something like pizza or something like that and then the the adults all of them the only thing they wanted was freaking coffee okay hear me out <laughs> just hear me out on this this is this is actual like i feel it's actual proof and evidence that coffee is really a problem Okay, what started out as like a cool artistic beverage where you do the beans a certain way, or you ground them a certain way, you do whatever the crap you do with beans, coffee beans, to make it 
some kind of artistic flavor and unique flavor. It's almost like wine tasting, but with coffee beans, right? It, like it started out kind of like that is kind of like a, a an uppity kind of thing to, to have. And then, and then as society continued to like it more and more, guess what? It became a staple for everyone's breakfast, right? And then, and then it became like a staple for like multiple throughout the day. And what's interesting to me is now it is so everyone, I I shouldn't say everyone because obviously I'm not one of them, but the vast majority of people are completely dependent on this substance. What does that sound like? It's essentially alcoholism for coffee. You know, like maybe scientifically, clinically, people are not quote unquote addicted to it like they would be to nicotine, right? Maybe it's not exactly like that. At the same time, though, how many people use the phrase, oh, you know, excuse me, I haven't had my coffee yet this morning, or, oh, um, I'd be happier if I had coffee, or whatever, or you, you have a 100 adults in a box, and the first morning, going for $500,000, when I wake up, and I'm going for that amount of money, my first thought is not coffee, my first thought is how can we maximize this and make sure we win like what can we do next to make sure we win like like why is cop oh my gosh guys it's so messed up to me because guess what that does it actually is a form of escape it's a form of not face facing reality i know this i know you're, you're saying zach you're taking this way too far it's just freaking coffee look i get it i know but this goes with any substance any substance or activity that makes you escape the real world is very dangerous and needs to be considered, needs to be reflected on, okay? For myself, my biggest distraction growing up was video games, okay? I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not completely innocent in this arena, but the difference is I've been able to realize it and I don't play, I play like maybe once a week I can play a video game. And it's usually with my son, my oldest son. Um, and it's usually Fortnite. And it really, it's a socializing thing. I just talk with him while shooting people, hopefully in the face. And anyway, so <laughs> that's kind of, <laughs> that's that's fun for me. And I'm not saying you can't have coffee. I'm saying when it becomes a dependency, what it does is it actually relieves you of responsibility of certain responsibilities. So, for example, the responsibility of getting a healthy amount of sleep. That responsibility goes bye-bye when you can just wake up with a couple cups of coffee. Right? All of a sudden, it's less important to get sleep because even if you're groggy in the morning, eh, doesn't matter. I can get a cup of coffee. What's worse, though, is the fact that you will no longer have choice. This is the part that bugs the crap out of me. Listen, part of God's plan is that everyone has the ability to choose things. Do you know what takes away that choice? Any kind of addictive substance or activity. Okay? That takes away choice. I had this argument growing up all the time. Okay? If you didn't know, I don't drink alcohol. I grew up Mormon. I still, I guess you could say I kind of identify identify still with that religious organization because I believe in their doctrine. I don't necessarily believe in every principle that they teach, but their doctrine is pretty sound to me. It all makes sense to me. Um, and I've even, I've even explained the doctrine to other folks that are not of that faith. And, and guess what? They, they're like, yeah, I mean, that sounds, 
sounds pretty legit. Like, it sounds like pretty much any other Christian sect in the, you know, anyway, whatever. My, my point is, is this. I grew up that way and I never drank alcohol. And you know what? That's the one thing that I, I actually don't regret whatsoever because alcoholism is, is another one of those things where it's like, okay, is this really doing any positive thing? Oh, it's a, it's a societal norm to socialize and grab a drink together. Okay. Is there any other benefit? Because that's not really a benefit. I mean, can't you do that with anything else? Can't you be like, Hey man, let's go, let's go grab a bite to eat. You know, like, why does it have to be an alcoholic beverage? Doesn't really have to be like, it's just a society thing. And, and the reality is there are a lot more problems that come out of the substance of alcohol at all. A lot more drunken drivers. That's still a a huge issue, at least in the States. I'm assuming it is around the world. But drunk driving is a big, 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 big problem. Not to mention destroying families because, you know, some guy or some gal gets drunk and they cheat on their spouse or whatever. Not to mention abuse. You know, some people, when they get drunk, they get physically violent. There, there's so many problems with that one stupid substance that is it really worth it to have a societal norm being that we we social socially drink? Is that worth it? all the negative impact that this one substance has. These are just thoughts that I have. Okay. So growing up, my point here is growing up, I never drank alcohol and I never regretted it because to me, logically from a logical standpoint, it's kind of a worthless thing to have in the world. And, and don't get me started on sugar. Okay. That's, that's a whole nother problem. Okay. But my, my, (laughs) where was I going with this? Oh my gosh. All right. (laughs) I told you I was a little bit triggered by the stupid coffee thing. <laughs> My point is, is, is that when growing up, when people would question me about that choice about alcohol, <clears throat> I had zero, I had zero problems standing up for that choice. Same with smoking. I mean, smoking is a little bit more obvious, isn't it? It's stupid. Like, like really stupid. Why would you purposely damage your body in that way like like what I don't I don't understand like that one science is all for that one I don't even have to argue it with people you could ask any smoker hey do you know this is bad for you they'll be like heck yeah I know I'm just being dumb <laughs> right and, and if you're listen if you're a smoker I'm sorry hashtag sorry not sorry okay stop it it's not smart. It's not wise. There's literally the only reason you're doing it is because you somehow tried it at one point. And now you're addicted. Well, you tried it at one point, tried it again, tried it again, and to the point that you're now addicted to the nicotine. But you got to figure out a way out of that. I know it's possible. I've seen other. There are people in my life that have been able to stop it. I know you can, um, and it's wise too. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so, my point here: lack of responsibility. Okay. Oftentimes when people escape their real life problems, what they're actually doing is they're postponing the fact that, that they are making some pretty big errors in life. Okay. So for me, a lot of that was video games. I just loved, I loved video games. Um, there's a, there's a part, 
there's a there's a point in time where I was kind of ashamed um, of certain decisions that I was making, and I was so ashamed that I didn't even want to sleep because for me, a lot of times I seriously felt uh, call me crazy, but I seriously felt a lot of communication let's call it revelation from God or inspiration from God came through my dreams. I had a lot of ideas that came from dreams. Even today with business and stuff, a lot of ideas come from my dreams and then I go and try it out. I'm not even joking. I seriously feel like that is a medium that God can use to communicate with folks, myself included. And so when I was shameful and I, I was shamed, I didn't want to, I didn't want to pray. I didn't want to do anything like that. I also didn't want to sleep. So what did I do? I played video games all night. Right, basically until I passed out. Okay, did that multiple, many, 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 many times. <clears throat> so that's what I'm saying. Any form of escaping life needs to be reflected on and handled in a in a healthy way. Again, I do play video games. I just don't do it in a way to escape reality. In fact, the way video games are right now for me is most of the time it's an inconvenience. The last time I played video games, it was last week on a, on a Thursday night. Um, I was playing with my son, and I wanted to play because I wanted to chat with my son. Plus, I like video games, right? But there were so many other things I wanted to do. <laughs> there were things I wanted to do for business. There were things I wanted to, to do for, for family. Like There was other things I wanted to do. And it, it was really ultimately an inconvenience. And that's how you know that, hey, your distraction is no longer really truly a distraction. And I'm using it for socializing, connecting with my children. Um, but think, just think about that, okay? Just look at your, reflect on yourself and your own life. What are you dependent on and what, what helps you escape responsibility? Okay, I know I'm 14 minutes in already. There was one other thing that's been bugging me. Um, and this is honestly primarily from one of my daughters, uh, the only daughter that could talk really <laughs> So, um, from my oldest daughter. Um, I love her to death and she, she has this thing because she, she's the, she's 14, right? So she really is, is the one of my kids that grew up with, with the current online cultures. Okay. My, my 16-year-old, he grew up basically with gaming culture. And if you know anything about gaming culture, it's extremely toxic. It's very, very bad. And I've had to talk with him about that and, and help him resist the influence, the negative influence that that can have on him. Um, well, my daughter um, is a little bit different. So she was more involved with, like, YouTube and like YouTube influencers and, and TikTok influencers and those kinds of things. And those folks, by the way, have very different viewpoints on life than I do, right? They embrace the need for coffee <laughs> on a day-to-day basis. And I'm like, no, I resist that. Um, but, but basically, another thing that they always embrace is uh, everyone's got a disability, Right? Like the, the, oh my gosh, the amount of blame and finger pointing that they put on, on quote unquote disabilities is insane. Absolutely insane to me. You know, it's like calling a transgender person brave. To me, that's insane. (laughs) Brave is a firefighter on 9-11 running into a building, saving lives. 
brave as a military member in a in a any really any military member but specifically military member going into you know war zone area like that's that's bravery I, I just have a hard time you know gay people coming out that's not brave I mean I, I guess in a in a way it is but it shouldn't be like this big deal I think everything everyone making it such a big deal is actually the problem okay and I, and I know because I've had several I've had two kids tell me that they they were not straight both of which said they were bisexual and then one of them later told me never mind <laughs> which is interesting but anyway um so I, I i'm familiar with that and in no way do i remove support or love from my kids even if they do something that i may not agree with you know like that that's that's being a parent okay god loves us and we all make mistakes every day he forgives us every time so why would I not forgive other people or why would I not continue to love and support people that may have differing viewpoints than me? So my point here is this, there was, there was this, uh, the, the point is disabilities and finger pointing and, and alleviating responsibility. And my daughter does this all the time. Okay. So she's diagnosed with ADHD and, um, claims to have anxiety problems. Okay. And yes, I said claims to have. This is one of those things that's really stupid about society because we can't have an honest conversation without somebody get, feeling attacked or being attacked. Okay, so like <laughs> my my first thought when when my daughter's like, "Oh my gosh, I'm so anxious, I'm having a panic attack." My thought is, "No, you're not," because I've seen people have real like what what's called a panic attack, and it's like insane. It's nuts like hyperventilating kind of stuff. And she wasn't hyperventilating at all. She was just nervous. There's a difference between being nervous and having a freaking panic attack or being nervous and excited and being having anxiety. Like there there's such a difference. And that's the thing that pisses me off. Or there's a difference between being sad and being depressed. But I feel like they're convoluting the two and they're making it the same thing. And I'm trying to like identify that and and root it out. And so a lot of people they're using these these big words as a means of escape and here's why because if somebody claims to have anxiety or depression and you attempt to talk to them about it and attempt to say hey you know what i don't think that's depression i think you're just sad if you try to say that what are you you're a douchebag right like you can't say that so it's like the perfect it's the perfect excuse because no one can tell you otherwise you can't like you know if somebody goes into a job and they, they go, hey, I have, to, I have to leave early today. And the boss is like, no, we need you here and you're scheduled until this time, right? That's a pretty typical scenario. And then they go, you don't understand. I'm about to have panic attacks because I'm so anxious today because, because this happened um, 10 years ago. And I am reminded of that and triggered by that because I saw a cell phone. And so now I need to go. Like, what's the employer going to do? He has to or he or she has to let them go. Because you can't, you can't be like, um, that sounds kind of ridiculous. You need just a cell phone treat. Like what? You can't say that. You can't. It's like the perfect little excuse. And now he can't fire them either. Basically what that employer has to do, if this happens multiple times, is the employer has to, number one, figure out if this person's just on crack 
or if they're actually being truthful about it. And number two, if they are not being truthful and they're just being a doof, okay, he has to figure out a way to fire them. And he can't use the excuse that, oh, they keep leaving because that goes, you could get sued for that. So instead, what he has to do is, is he has to wait until the person shows up two minutes late and then be like, oh, you're late again. Now you're fired. Like that's, that's how that happens, guys. That's exactly how this happens. So, um, anyway, (laughs) so my daughter uses this all the time. Okay. She uses this anxiety thing all the freaking time. You have no idea how much it kind of, (laughs) it irks me (laughs) because I'm like, listen, listen here. There, I, I want to talk to you about this, but if I do, you're going to feel like I'm attacking you, but I'm not. I'm legitimately growing up. I've been sad as an adult. I've been depressed and there is a massive difference between the two growing up. I've been nervous as an adult. I did experience anxiety, like serious anxiety. And, and honestly, guys, it was a certain certain life scenarios that had me feeling so horrible, like so bad. And there was a huge difference between being nervous and being anxious. And I want to be able to talk to people about that because, but, but you can't because the moment you say it, you're, you're basically not caring about their feelings. You're not caring about, you know, their health, quote unquote, health conditions And it's pissing me off because they're just using, a lot of people are just using those things as a means of escaping responsibility. Okay. So back to my daughter, if she, I ask her to do something and she forgets to do it, what do I do? Well, Hey, stop forgetting to do this thing. Oh, well, dad, I have ADHD. Look, I get that. I get that. What can you do to solve the problem? Yes. ADHD is the cause. ADHD is the fault of forgetting things. But you still have a responsibility to fix that. You can't fix ADHD, but what if, I don't know, you come up with a solution to help yourself remember. Maybe if you wrote something down on your hand or something like that. Or maybe if you put something on the fridge as a reminder or an alarm on your phone so you don't forget. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's the responsibility part. ADHD is at fault. Savannah is not, it's not her fault she forgets stuff. It is her responsibility to remember. Do you see what I'm trying to say here? Okay, this is why you can't point fingers at stuff. You have to have that extreme ownership. And if you do, you will be 10 million times more successful. I'm telling you, this is a, this is a plague, a plague, a plague <laughs> in society right now. It's huge. It could be a substance or it could be a disability, but either way, it's a huge thing that people are just trying to, you know, skate out of scenarios and out of responsibility that is ultimately theirs. And it's, it's really hurting us as, as a country. And I don't care if you're in Canada or the States, it's the same. Okay. Um, last note before we, we tie up here, um, I was listening to a comedian that totally, I explained this perfectly. He was like, he's a millennial, okay, which I am too, right? And uh, so he's about my age. 
And he's like, you know, I used to make fun of millennials, and then I found out I am one. He goes, now I don't think they're that bad, you know? He goes, here's the thing about millennials. I think we are much more aware of labeling certain challenges, and he actually goes into, like, anxiety. And uh, so if somebody goes up to him and he's like, somebody comes up to me and they're like, yeah, you know, I have anxiety. And he goes, oh, wow, that's crazy. Like, what are you doing about it? Like, what are you doing to help yourself? And the person goes, nothing, nothing. You have to work around my anxiety, right? Isn't that, that's the way society do And of course it's a joke, but it's so true. And that makes the best jokes, the true jokes. Um, so anyway, guys, please self-analyze a little bit. Let's self-reflect. And if you catch me doing some of that, please tell me, call me out on it. I have, I have no problem being called out on. I might, I might get a little butt hurt at first, but you know what? I'll, I'll recover and ultimately I'll recover as a better human being. Um, so look at yourself and, and reflect on, okay, is there, is there a substance that I depend on an activity that I depend on, or is there a disability that I, I blame? Okay. One last example. We have a guy in the community, absolutely outstanding person. And he has told us many times that, that growing up, he was, you know, had a learning disability, uh, couldn't read, couldn't learn, couldn't catch on very fast. And this guy is the most organized person when it comes to trying to learn trading. It's insane. And guess what? It's working. That's, that's a situation where he says, listen, I learn slow. He's not at fault for that. But what he did is he said, I'm going to take responsibility on how I can learn faster. And he created his own system for it. Absolutely brilliant. I love that. That's what I'm talking about. Guys, thanks for listening. Love you all to death. Talk to you later.